Are we recording? Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Welcome to RevOps 500, where we invite the world's top marketers to answer the tough questions facing growing organizations. Ooh, sounds important. I'm Sajil Qureshi. And I'm Gil Banks. Join us as we dive deep into the world of RevOps. We'll be learning strategies and expertise from first-hand experience. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computer. They provide technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. It's Sajil Qureshi here with another episode of RevOps 500, where we talk to some of the world's greatest RevOps marketing minds that there is and that there ever will be. Uh, today's guest I'm really excited about. He is a marketing genius for one. He's a, he's a team leader. He's a mentor, problem solver, positive thinker. Uh, he's a RevOps genius. Uh, he's also the revenue operations lead at EventMobi, Sujan Joshi. Welcome to RevOps 500. Hey, Sagil. Thanks for having me. That's a long list. Hey, it's, it's you. It's everyone. We're talking about you here, right? You know, this is, this is your biography, right? You know, this, this is all, all the things you've accomplished. So yeah, I'll, I'll take it and I'll take it. <laughs> you earned it. So, <laughs> so yeah, anyways, Srujan, really glad you're here. Uh, you know, just like, just like the first question right off the bat, you know, Srujan, what is one RevOps myth? One RevOps myth. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think the biggest myth or misconception, whatever you want to call it, is that RevOps is only for startups. Um, that, and while it's true that RevOps was initially developed for startups on startups only, nowadays you're seeing businesses of all size and ages um, adopting this particular role. Because if you think about it, at the end of the day, it's not just startups that are looking to run teams that are more effective and efficient. That's it's sort of across the board. So nowadays you're seeing this role um, in a, a lot of uh, businesses of all different sizes. Now, even the the, the company that I currently work for, EventMobi, um, they have been here since more than 10 years and they have a RevOps function. So yeah, that's I think that's the biggest myth I come across. And um, it's not really just startups nowadays. It's 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 a, a lot of businesses. So, so you're saying that the biggest RevOps myth that you see is that it's only for startups or maybe SaaS companies or something like that. Yeah. Do you, do you know of any examples that you can think of where maybe like a non-traditional business is use, has like a RevOps function or anything like that? So I'm in a, a part of a RevOps community with other professionals and that's where we sort of share ideas and stuff like that. Um, on that forum, there are people that usually like post job postings for you know, people are looking for uh, RevOps professionals. And there was this company, I forget the name, it was Vancouver-based. It was a manufacturing company that has been there for oh, like wow. 50 or 60 years. And they make, uh, you know, they make hard, they, they manufacture hardwood flooring. I mean, the, the wood, I guess you get from there. So they manufacture that. And they were looking for uh, a RevOps manager to report into their, I guess, director of sales excellence or something like that. So... And that's just one of many examples I've come across. So yes, SaaS is like a big area that you're you're going to see most RevOps, uh, you know, work at. But you're starting to see a lot of other businesses that are uh, not 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 uh, not particularly SaaS, also adapting this, uh, adopting and looking for this particular role. Yeah. So obviously, it's kind of a a newer defined you know buzzword term for a role. What does your day at EventMobi look like, or even in any RevOps function that you're doing? I mean, you've done RevOps jobs in the past or whatever. Right. So what, what does a typical day in RevOps look like for you? 
I think it's it, it varies a lot, but if you ask me, RevOps in a nutshell is basically someone that aligns sales, marketing, and success teams to drive predictable revenue, right? So in, in other words, what we do is we sort of own the processes, the data, the, the tech stack surrounding our customer-facing teams. So on a day-to-day basis, I don't particularly have a day-to-day because it, it can vary. So usually the way we go about it is it's very project-based. So beginning of the quarter, beginning of the year, we sort of, as a team, um, as a company, we, we get together and we figure out like, what are our priorities for this year? And then based on that, we sort of uh, break it down into what are our quarterly priorities of what are our OKR, stuff like that. And then based on that, we come up with projects. So for example, uh, one of the recent projects that we we realized that we need is that we need to build an outbound engine for our company. We have a really strong inbound presence, but we need to give some responsibility to the sales team to start, you know, uh, for some revenue responsibility to the sales team. So we decided that, okay, as an ex- the executive team and the department, heads, we decided that, okay, we need to build an outbound function. So for that particular project, you know, it's very different. And then there, there are other times where we need to come up with a solid CRM integration strategy where we have all of these different customer facing apps. We need to figure out, okay, how do we connect this to our, um, to our HubSpot to our CRM that we use? So it, it varies day to day. So it, there's not really like one typical date. So for this quarter, I'll be working on one project. Um, and then next quarter, I'll be com- completely working on something completely different. So wow. yeah, it, it really varies to be honest. So, and, and do they, and do all the projects fall into neat quarterly buckets like that? So say customer success engine from in Q1 and then, you know, CRM integration Q2 or is there a rollover when you have to get buy-in from different people? How does that work? Yeah, you, there, there's, there's definitely rollovers. You never finish, a lot of the times you never really finish in, within a quarter. You probably need a little bit more than that. So there's definitely a rollover. Okay. Uh, but I guess I just remember this now, but one of the day-to-day project that comes consistently, no matter where, uh, no matter you know what project I'm working on, is that you you get a lot of like admin requests from your team members, especially when you're in RevOps, you should own the tech stack. So if they have any issues with, if somebody is having any issues with their CRM, HubSpot, their Gong or RingCentral or any of these other like customer-facing tech stack, uh, whenever there are any kind of issues or any problems that they come across, uh, you get you get those requests. So that's kind of like a day to day thing that I have to take care of on top of um, all of the different all of the projects that you're working on. Yeah. So but the it, reactive side is the reactive side of the job is product support, and then the strategic right. side is what you do quarterly. Exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of the challenge that. I'm facing and some of the other RevOps professionals that I speak to are facing is that there's a lot of reaction, especially now that RevOps is, you know, relatively a new role in the market. Um, there's a lot of like reactionary things that you're doing and there's not a lot of, um, there's no proactiveness. There's enough proactiveness. I think that's a challenge that I'm pretty, I'm facing right now is that the problems typically are identified by someone else and then they're passed on to you as RevOps to help them solve. Whereas ideally, what I would want to see is that um, as RevOps, you kind of figure out what the problems are, you do your own audit, and then you bring it up to the to the to the decision makers to kind of get the buy-in. So now, you know, I I know you and I go way back, obviously, and I know you worked at it more of an, in an agency environment before 
in a right. consulting agency environment before you jumped into RevOps, you know, in, a, in like an internal department. Right. What kind of what kind of advice would you give somebody just jumping into re, into like a you know, into like a full time RevOps role for a single organization? What what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, that's a good question. I think the first advice I gave, and this is something I tried to do when I first joined, is try to understand the customer journey, like the customer lifecycle from basically from that from the top of the funnel to all the way at the bottom. So like literally draw it out. Like I think that would be helpful. Like draw out, okay, a lead gets converted to your website. What form to download based on that? They go to this this particular data set, then if they download, let's say, a demo request and they are passed on to the sales, like draw it out, understand for each stage of the customer journey, uh, what is the objective? Like what are we trying to achieve for each stage? Who is responsible? Um, and basically what is the what is the impact that we're trying to deliver? So that's because that's kind of what I see as a RevOps professional is that you're really trying to align these customer facing roles from sales, marketing, all the way down to success and support. So I think when you first join, you need to map it out. So you're absolutely crystal clear on how this customer journey looks like for you. Um, and then that's also a great way to sort of identify some gaps that we have, right? So if you're, if you're looking at the handover, handoff process from, let's say, marketing and sales, when you draw draw your flowchart, you realize like, hey, you know what? This this is not really efficient. Like we may be losing leads around this. Let's try it. Let me try to fix this. But I think starting off, you need to map it out for your own and just have it in the back of your head to always refer back to it. Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like you look at more like as mapping out a buyer's journey or something like yeah. that. One thing I didn't hear you talk about was any sort of specific technology stack or CRM product or any, yeah. you know, calling dialer. Does, right. does, does any does any of that stuff even matter when you when you're starting into it, or I mean, is it are, are those more semantics for what you have to do with the with the customer? Yeah, I think those I think those are very secondary things. Like the first thing you want to figure out is how that customer experience is looking from the top to bottom, and then obviously tech stack is important, but that should be the last of your considerations. It shouldn't really be the first, but obviously it's important. Like you want to know at each stage uh, for you know like what tech what tech is being used so if a lead comes in and it's being enriched before it goes into your hubspot or your salesforce or whatever what tech stack is being used right or if there is even a tech stack or if there's a gap that you may need to explore so it's definitely important but i think that sort of comes at the end yeah Got it. Got it. so it, it is more like the it's kind of like you know you're trying to figure out what product are we selling and then the tech stack is more like maybe what the e-commerce site is or what the right. shipping method is right. those are all more after we figure out who we're selling to and what we're selling and how they're buying it those yeah. are the bigger questions yeah though yeah. so that comes later i feel yeah i mean that's do you ever feel like sometimes maybe that that the this conversation gets reversed a little bit sometimes where people start to think too much about those things and not the the buyer journey maybe or the customer yeah i, I think it ha happens and, and i'll give you an example it happened with us too actually so uh, going back to what I was saying, we were trying to build this outbound channel because, um, like I said, at our company, we're really heavily inbound focused. So almost like 99% of our revenue is influenced by our marketing teams. So we were created an initiative to build an outbound channel to be a little bit more proactive and reach out to some contacts and you know generate some conversations. 
But the mistake that we did when we initially started it, because everybody was really new to it, nobody, no, nobody really uh, knew anything about outbound. So the first, the mistake we first did was that we invested heavily into technology. So we bought outreach, we bought a bunch, we we, we had partnered with a data vendor. So we spent all this money. So we have all of this, and now the question was, okay, <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? Our setups, okay. How do we use our region stuff? So when we initially started it in the first two or three months, like it failed. Like we didn't really produce anything because we didn't have a strategy in place. We didn't have the right people in place with the you know that were incentivized with the right structure. We didn't have that. We didn't have a process um, kind of line. Like we didn't have a process uh, defined. So we looked at the technology first. We invested all of this money, and then we went back to sort of define that. So that's the mistake that we've made. And I know other professionals also make is like they get to, because technology, you get, it's like a shiny object. You get really excited by it. It's like, oh, we can, we can buy this. We can do this, this and that, this does that. But I think you're, first you need to sort of take a step back, understand what the strategy is. Do you have the right people in place? Do you need to make sure that the process is defined? Once all of that is taken care of, then you can start shopping around for tech stack or whatever you need to buy. Got it. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we've talked about tech stacks. We've talked about kind of what to do if you're starting into the RevOps. Now, right. you know, and we talked about kind of the different goals and strategies that you've gone through, you know, in, in a typical quarter or a day. You know, what is something that you have right now that's maybe keeping you up at night or you're, you're working on? Mm-hmm. You know, can you can you kind of shed some light on those things or? Um, yeah, I think one of the things that definitely keep me, <laughs> keep me up at night is around like data cleanliness and data, which is a big part of your job. Right. Yeah. But the thing is nowadays, what you're seeing is that, especially in our industry, uh, people are leaving their jobs. They're, they're, you know, people are leaving their jobs. Um, uh, they're moving around their contact information is changing. So there's really a need for us to have some kind of data enrichment process or tool in place that really updates our database all the time. And there's also uh, the problem of, you know, um, there are many, some, and I'm trying to work on this, is that there are many sources that the data gets in, inputted to, into our system from. Uh, obviously, one of them is somebody converts on a website. There's, if you import a list from, like, say, an event, all of that. So there's like a lot of different sources where data is being dumped. And there is there is there needs to be a better way of making sure that there are print like there are rules set up to make sure that the data that we're collecting has all of the uh, up-to-date information that's more reliable. So th- I think that's one thing that's keeping me up at night, along with a lot of like other DevOps professional professionals, especially in the B2B space, right? Because if you think about it in the B2B space. You're not. You're selling to an organization with multiple people, and it's important for you to know what their roles are. For example, like not everybody is a decision maker. You need to figure out a way to sort of segment these organize the people within these organizations based on their buyer role, which could be a bit tricky a lot of the times. So, but that's kind of that's the key to that information is key for any B two B organization. Yeah. So, so data cleanliness because you know people moving jobs around everywhere and you know uh, right uh, outdated email IDs outdated contact IDs those sorts of things right. what is and like a specific you have to rely on the sales the salespeople or other members of your team to make sure that they're inputting the right data right um, yeah. oftentimes you know, and I don't blame them because their job is to sell not to do admin work 
but oftentimes they forget or stuff like that. So there's that's kind of, you know, tidying up the database is a big, big uh, challenge for me right now. So how, how do you plan on solving something like that? Uh, well, we're, it, well I'm, we're already kind of doing it, but there's just so many data points that we have. Uh, but it, in general, the, basically the way we kind of look at it is that we want to first take a step back and understand the data points that we're trying to clean. Ask the why, right? Like, why is this particular data point important? In other words, how is it going to be used by the other members of the team? And ultimately, how what impact is this going to have on the business, right? So if you can't answer that question, then don't even move on to the next step. But if you know, if you can answer that question, then you need to figure out, um, then you need to sort of employ a both manual and automated strategy. So um, there are a lot of data enrichment tools out there, like Zoom Info, Clearbit. I'm sure you heard of some that yep. can enrich, that will connect with your CRM and will enrich your database, right? So if you're missing anything, they'll enrich it. If someone changes jobs, the email addresses, all of that gets um, enriched. And then the second part of the, this job is that, okay, you can focus, you can, you have an automated tool, but then you also have a, you need to have a manual process. So I work with a person on my team that does marketing and data. Um, he's a marketing and data specialist. So basically we have a dashboard of all of the key data points that are important to us, like uh, the industry that this organization is or their buyer role, stuff like that. And his job is to basically make sure that um, that data is cleaned up every week. So there's a, he, there's a manual effort, him and his team, to go in and make sure that that data is up to date. So there's you, so I'm basically taking both of a manual approach and an automated approach. To, and, to, and, yeah. and, bo- and both are needed, right? You have all this data and you need, the manual yeah. approach gets you the human element and then the automated the is, wow. Yeah, it can be done with one or the other. It has to be done by both. And obviously like you need to give a little bit of ownership to the sales leaders to make sure that the sales data that's coming in is accurate, it's reliable. Right? There's not, because if you're the salesperson, you're the one interacting with the customer. So you're the only one that will know what the most up-to-date, accurate information is. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've talked about the present part of RevOps. We talked a little bit about your past getting into RevOps. Let's talk about the future a little bit. Where where do you see RevOps going in the next little while, long-term? That's a good question. It's kind of hard for me to know exactly where it's going, but you know, based on some of the trends and the challenge that challenges that you're seeing organizations facing right now, I can only make make like a I can make a prediction that maybe a few things. I think I think you're gonna see uh, a lot of investment in automation tech, like a lot of the day to day tasks that the revenue teams do. I think there are going to be we're going to need automation tools, and organizations are gonna invest in these tools to kind of take. Um, take that load off them so they can focus on just doing their jobs, right? So the day-to-day task. And the second thing I, I just talked about right now is that there's going to be a lot of focus on data enrichment and uh, and like kind of how to address dynamic data because data is always changing. So you need, you need a, you can't have a CRM platform that's very static and it doesn't, the data doesn't change, right? You need to have, you need to have a tool or some kind of process in place to make sure that your data is being constantly being updated um, with the most relevant information, right? So that's what the other thing. And the other, then I think the finally, you're going to see a lot more focus on a CRM integration strategy 
So in, in other words, you're going to have to, you're going to see a lot of, uh, you, you want to see a lot of, um, you know, front end apps and back end apps being connected to your CRM, uh, to your main CRM to sort of get rid of data silos. Uh, it's, it's a, it's an issue that I was seeing a lot when I, at my previous organizations where there was, they had their, you know, they had their CRM, they had their marketing automation tool, they had their calling tool, they had their, you know, sales intelligence tools and all of those three tools. And then they had their product and all of these were kind of very, they were on top of each other, um, which created, you know, obviously data silos and all of the issues that come with that. So I think those three areas I'm definitely going to, you're definitely going to see uh, more investment in uh, for RevOps. Really so, yeah, look well, out. Clean, data cleanliness and then uh, tech tech integrations, much more robust tech integrations. Those are the two major ones that you're you're talking about. Now, I mean, this is like a obviously this is like this is like very deep into the future. What we're talking about here, like what about what about like the past? Like take take me back to Little Surgeon if you want. I mean, did you always know you wanted to be like a RevOps guy and you know doing this marketing technology stuff or what 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 was your what's your story? Uh no, I actually I to be honest, two years ago I had no idea what RevOps was. <laughs> in fact, I didn't the, maybe in twenty even before twenty nineteen, I didn't even know what CRM was actually. Um so I would say that I st- I definitely stumbled upon this role. Uh so if I were to take you back, I had I I had taken a course in college um called CRM, and that's where I learned about it. And uh, in that course, the professor that taught me CRM, he ended up hiring me after to work at his consulting firm. And that's secure. That's where we met, right? Alta Consulting. Alta Consulting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we met. And, you know, basically for a few years, I worked there and that's where I really got to understand the CRM ecosystem. Uh, we partnered with HubSpot, similar to how Computent is, to provide implementation to our services. So we, you know, that's kind of where I learned a lot about this was the CRM ecosystem. That's where I started off with. And, you know, working there for a few years, I figured that, you know, though consulting, it's very rewarding. That's it's great. It's it's a lot of fun, but it's so it was very project-based. So it was hard to see a long-term impact my work had. Uh, because it was very project to project. You would finish one project, you hop on to the next. But then you would think, okay, I just finished this. <laughs> I wonder what they're up to, you know, the one the 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 implementation. From last year, I wonder what they're up to. So that I kind of prompted me to move to look for something more in-house where I can I, where I can actually see the work I do play out in the long term, mm-hmm. right? So due to my background in HubSpot and just CRM in general, um, I started working at Event Mobi as a marketing operations individual. Um, so that I started as a marketing operations, and you know, a few months after I joined. The company, you know, we started to uh, work on a project that would integrate our our flagship product with our HubSpot. So basically, you know, all of the provisioning services that our customers need will now be triggered directly from HubSpot. So we would use HubSpot to trigger those provisioning services. They would get pushed into our product, to our yep. product, and our customers can use that. So naturally, the way the, the way the company was headed is that you're now going to have all three revenue teams, sales, marketing, and customer success, and even customer support, support on a single CRM platform. So naturally, you're going to need someone to sort of overlook uh, all the three teams because they can't have that one. They they need to sort of be speaking with each other, right? So uh, I guess a natural transition for me was to 
uh, move from marketing operations to a revenue operations. Basically, somebody who would own the data, the tech stack, um, yeah, surrounding the customer facing teams. So that's where I, that's where I'm working now. And that's where I got started actually. So it was a very like a kind of just going with the flow to have, when things changed, there was a need. And then that's, I ended up filling that lead. So yeah. And, and what advice would you give to your younger self? You know, if you, if you go back in time, would you tell them just to continue to go with the flow or what would you, what would you say differently? Anything? Uh, I guess, yeah, just continue to go with the flow because, you know, a lot of, unlike a lot of people, I don't have things figured out in college. It's just like, yeah, I'm interested. Sure. I actually did my, I, my, my background, my bachelor's is in, in kinesiology, in physiology, sorry, physiotherapy, kinesiology. Oh, wow. So I keep going to a science route. And then I completely changed like a 180 to this because it's something I was interested in. And even though like I did all of this, I never really had an exact idea of like what I really wanted to do. But this was like, a, this was, I just went with the flow and this was a natural fit that came. And now I'm, I'm at a point in my career where I really enjoy what I'm doing. And I figured, and I see the need for this particular role. And this is something that I want to grow into. Got it. And does the kinesiology background help you at all at, in your job? It, it, it helped me to, it, it let me know that, hey, this is not what I want to do. I need to do something else. <laughs> that's all. That's something. That's something for sure. I mean, you know, to, 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 you know it closes one door for you, right? So that, that's, it, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and now tell me a bit, of, tell us a bit about EventMobi and, and what, what, what they're all about and that sure. kind of stuff. So EventMobi is a really great, uh, really great company. It has been around for more than 10 years. Uh, we are basically an event management platform. That we, that allows event planners to create engaging virtual hybrid and in-person events. So we have both a mobile event app and we also have a virtual space and it is extremely user friendly. It's really a one-stop shop for all of your event needs. So any kind of conferences, annual meetings, you know, a lot of our customers use us for that. Um, so we offer everything from, you know, event engagement services, um, event reg. We have a mobile app. We also offer services around customizing and branding. So if you purchase our virtual space, we can help, you know, customize and brand your virtual space, um, attend the analytics, all of that. So from beginning to the end, we sort of cover all of your event needs. That's in a nutshell what EventMobi is really. Wow. And when you're, when you're not doing, you know, uh, marketing and RevOps management for, you know, this B2B SaaS company with, you know, aligning customers, marketing and sales. I mean, what are you doing in your spare time? I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you have time for hobbies or is RevOps just like a full-time 90 hour a week sort of grind? I mean, what, what is your, what, what is your day outside of work? Like, what are your hobbies? Like, what are you doing? No, thank you. Thankfully I do have other hobbies outside of RevOps. Good. Um, I just, you know, I, I like, I like to do a lot of outdoors, outdoors, outdoors things like you know, I like to do, obviously in summertime, we don't have much summer here in Canada, but yeah. in summer times I like do a lot of mountain biking. I like to do a lot of hiking with my wife. So do a lot of, a lot of that. And then, then just in venture times, I do a little bit of skiing and snowboarding here and there. Not too good. I'm still trying to learn. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot of outdoors, outdoorsy things I like to do. But uh, yeah, RevOps is not, is definitely, it could definitely take up my time, but it's, I try to just, have some hobbies to help with that. And what uh, what are the hiking 
like hiking paths you, you go on in the, in the GTA? What, what are some of the good hiking areas in Toronto and stuff? There's actually really one, a uh, really good one next to my house. I live near close to Sunnybrook Park. Okay. So Sunnybrook Park has a lot of hiking trails, like all over. I think they, one of them even connects down to the, uh, there's one on Don Valley that connects all the way up to, uh, sorry, all the way down to Niagara Falls. I haven't been on it yet, but there's a, I forget the name of the path, but um, it goes all the way down to Niagara. And I think even from Niagara, it goes, if you go, go, go up north, it goes all the way to uh, Tolbert Murray. Yeah. Something, I forget the name for it, but yeah, that's, what, yeah. They're like the short hills, the short hills provincial park around here, right? Which has got like the that goes through up into to Hamilton and into Niagara. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it it's um those are some the nice tracks, but like you know I I like are you in, currently in Toronto right now? So I'm in Niagara Falls. So I'm uh in Niagara Falls. Well, you know I know the area. I know the area. I'm okay. Canadian. So we're we're both you know we're both Canadian, right? We know we know yeah. we know the we know the law of the land. It's a small backyard for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Niagara Falls that's like uh, basically you go to the do you visit the falls almost like every day or is it just something <laughs> take it away from it right it's everywhere <laughs> yeah even now I'm at, I'm at a point where it's just Niagara Falls is just uh, like every every time someone new comes to Canada that's like the first place you take them yeah. to yeah. it was yeah. <laughs> yeah yes typical story yes a typical story yeah. so where, where can people uh, where can where can people listening where can they get a hold of you where can they where can they learn more about you and connect with you on um i would say linkedin you can message me on linkedin i'm i'm there on linkedin surgeon joshi um yeah. i'll give you my handle maybe you can post it somewhere but yeah, yeah. that's a message me anytime if you're a new if you're trying to get into RevOps, i can definitely help you out give you some pointers um yeah message me on linkedin best place to reach me yeah and then the, the site url is eventmobi.com right eventmobi.com that's right yeah, yeah. got you yeah yeah, I mean, that's, uh, well, I mean, that's, that's all the questions I had. You know, Surgeon, thanks for coming on. It was uh, great to talk to you. Obviously, I mean, you know, we, you know, we go way back. I mean, it's been, it's been fun to get to know about you in a different light a little bit. And, you know, just uh, appreciate you coming on and jamming with me here a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was fun to kill. And, um, you know, all the best for this uh, podcast that you're starting. I think it's a great initiative. I, it's needed, definitely, for sure. Um, so, yeah, all, all the luck to you. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll need the luck. So I I appreciate you uh you giving me to I could use some of your karma, that's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, anyways, uh, you know, for everyone listening out there, thanks for thanks for tuning in. If you learned something, you know, or you laughed a little bit, hopefully maybe at the podcast host or something like that. You know, just uh yeah, tell someone about it and yeah, you know, thanks again, Trujan, for for coming on. All right. Uh this has been another exciting episode of RevOps five hundred. Uh we'll see you guys next time. And that wraps up another episode of RevOps five hundred. Thanks for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at RevOps500.com. RevOps500 is sponsored by CompuTech, providing technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing.